Hello, and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Shane Bigham. Coming up in this edition, Israeli troops have attacked Rafah, where more than a million people are taking refuge. Former Finnish Prime Minister Alexander Stubb has won the country's presidential election. And there's plenty of cultural events to celebrate the Chinese New Year. We begin with the Middle East. Local media say Israeli attacks have killed more than 100 people in Rafah and injured hundreds more. The army launched strikes from the air, sea and land in the city in southern Gaza. More than a million people are sheltering in Rafah after being driven in from elsewhere in the coastal enclave. Hamas has said it could end negotiations for prisoner swaps if Israel continues ground operations on the city. Nur Harazin has been staying in Rafah and witnessed the attacks. Even though Palestinians here in Rafah were preparing themselves for an Israeli attack, however, most of them actually thought that there will be a coordination, Israeli-Egyptian coordination, where there be an evacuation orders for the more than 1.5 million people who are now currently living in Rafah. But this did not happen. The Israeli forces launched a series of Israeli airstrikes in northern and eastern Rafah and densely populated uh, areas. Uh, two of the airstrikes targeted uh, mosques in uh, central and uh, west uh, Rafah. Other airstrikes ta- targeted dozens of homes while the people were actually inside the homes. Right now we are inside the Al-Kuwaiti hospital. We were all sleeping. Suddenly, the children were jolted out of their sleep because of the loudness from the shelling and shooting from the quadcopter drones on our tents. Despite all the shelling around us, we miraculously got out. But I don't know what happened to the others there, because everyone was trying to escape for their own and their children's survival. Most of the areas that were targeted in the latest Israeli strikes are actually densely populated residential areas. This is the situation inside the Al-Kuwaiti hospital, which is located in uh, Rafah, in the heart of uh, Rafah now, following the uh, series of Israeli uh, strikes on the uh, city. That was Noor Harazin reporting. Rafah is a key crossing for food and medicine into Gaza. Prior to Israel's attacks on the city, neighboring Egypt had warned of the consequences of such an assault. It shored up defenses and sent tanks and armored vehicles to the border. Adel Al-Maruki has Cairo's reactions. The Egyptian foreign ministry released a statement rejecting all the announcement by senior Israeli officials about um, their intentions and plan uh, to conduct military operations in Rafah. Egypt has warned against um, this massive step and what uh, violations to international law it represents. Uh, There has been also an earlier um, statement by the Egyptian State Information Service, uh, where the head of which um, has stated that um, such military operations, especially when it comes closer to the Egyptian border, is considered a violation to the peace treaty between Egypt uh, and Israel. Besides that, the Egyptian foreign ministry is concerned about the implications it will have. Um, The uh, statement says that this is a clear um, proof that the intentions or the fears for forcefully displacing or migrating Palestinians uh, away from Gaza into Egypt are becoming true. There is nowhere else for this nearly 1.5 million in Rafah to go. They can't go definitely back homes where everything has been bombarded completely with infrastructure completely destroyed. So the only option is for the Palestinians when the Israeli attacks come closer to them is to breach the Egyptian uh, border and come into it uh, forcefully. And that is something that Egypt is very 
very concerned about and has repeatedly uh, warned against. Beside that, um, the foreign ministry says it is coordinating with regional powers, um, trying to push forward a ceasefire immediately, fearing the implications of the attacks on Rafah. That was Adele El-Maruki reporting from Cairo. In Europe, Alexander Stubb of the National Coalition Party has narrowly won the Finnish presidential election. This is the first election in the Nordic country since it joined NATO. Stubb will be sworn in on March 1st to replace Soli Ninisto. Peter Oliver has more. With the race run, it's party time for Alexander Stubb and his team. He will be the next president of Finland. After speeches and thank yous from the stage, the president-elect spent a lot of time thanking his family for supporting him through the decision to run. In the end, he beat rival Pekka Havisto by a slim margin, around 3% to win the runoff election. Stubb will have a crucial role in shaping how Finland fits into the NATO alliance. As president, he takes overall lead on foreign and security policy and represents the Nordic nation at NATO. At the same time, in the United States presidential election, the future of the alliance is being debated. Candidate and former president Donald Trump notably said this weekend he would encourage countries to take any action they want against members who don't pay their proper NATO dues, presumably including staging attacks on fellow NATO allies. For us in Finland, foreign and security policy, we usually stay cool, calm and collected. We take care of our bit. Uh, our defence spending is now this year roughly 2.3% of our uh, GDP. We have a very strong uh, defence. We're members of the EU and NATO. And of course, we have a fresh defence cooperation agreement with the United States. All I can say is that election campaigns in Finland uh, are fair and square. Uh, they are free and just. Uh, we just had a good six-month period when nine candidates challenged each other respectfully. For us, foreign security policy is existential uh, and it shall continue to be so. American elections are quite different. I don't deny that. I've been following them since 1989 and the rhetoric is much stronger. Uh, And of course, I respect American democracy like anyone else. Stubb, no stranger to high office in this country, though. He's previously been the Prime Minister, the Foreign Minister, and served as a member of the European Parliament. He'll now add President to that list of serious accolades. That was Peter Oliver reporting. London's joined worldwide celebrations for the Chinese New Year. People took part in a parade from Trafalgar Square to Chinatown. Catherine Drew was at the event. Slightly wet weather did not dampen the gathering in London to welcome in the Year of the Long. In a multicultural city, this is an annual highlight. This UK-based dance troupe from Chatham had recently decided to join the parade, with parents of the young dancers perfecting the art of dragon handling on the job. Everyone seems to love it. We're doing a great job. The team is amazing. Yeah. Hard work. It is hard work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good fun. The parade attracts people from around the world. For those that live in the UK, it's an important opportunity to share their culture. What are you doing today? Uh, we join the community in Chinatown and serve Chinese New Year. Yeah, we are part of the line here. Uh, this is our culture. We follow our rules. London claims to host the largest Lunar New Year celebrations outside of Asia. Tens of thousands of people are here, all celebrating the Year of the Long. 
the dragons are, are very real. Like they jump around and move around, and people can actually have a touch of it. It's very nice. It, it's fun, isn't it? Because London's a very multicultural city, so lots of people come out, don't they? Please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of um, people from all around the world. I, I see some from Europe, different parts of Europe. It's a spectacle welcomed by all, no matter where people are from. I liked it when they um, would tw- they had really long sleeves and they would twirl all around. It. I liked the part where there was like this this dragon on like this stand. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah, what about the drumming? It's loud, isn't it? Yeah, I like the music. You like the music? Both Britain's King Charles and Prime Minister Rishi Sunak sent letters of warm wishes and congratulations to London's Chinese community as they welcomed in the New Year in style. The showcase of cultural events taking place in London's iconic Trafalgar Square, bringing together professional international performers and community groups alike. That was Catherine Drew celebrating the Chinese New Year in London. In China, travelers made 230 million trips on Sunday, the second day of the Chinese New Year holiday. Over 200 million were road trips. Data from online travel services show that most of the popular destinations are in the southern parts of the country. And one of the hot spots is Guangzhou. The city is offering cultural events to attract holiday makers, and Omar Khan has more. A surge in travel across the entire country. Of course, Guangzhou, parts of Guangdong, seeing a lot of travelers come. And now a few numbers to share with you. 150 at major seating spots across the province of Guangdong have welcomed 789,000 visitors. Obviously, we're waiting for more data to come out as it's rolling as this uh, Chinese New Year goes on. That was a 16% year-on-year increase. Uh, and worth noting, going back to 2019, that figure of nearly 800,000 visitors on the first day is up around 2.5% compared to 2019. Now, according to those officials who run culture and tourism activities, everything so far here uh, in Guangdong has been running smoothly, safely, and as planned. Now, in terms of official events, uh, there are over 20 being hosted across the province. Travel data from those platforms, I'll refer to Feiju, uh, they're seeing Tier 2 and Tier 3 cities across the province here in Guangdong uh, seeing travel rates go up by over 20%. So obviously people going to smaller towns, connecting with the local culture. Uh, and part of those activities, you have cultural performances, of course, dragon dances, uh, musical performances, museums, seeing an uptick in people visiting. Uh, and around three weeks ago, uh, these provincial authorities, they held a major event trying to drive uh, consumer spending and consumption, uh, issuing vouchers hotels, airfare, uh, travel packages, all seeing discounts. Some of these measures will also last not only during the Chinese New Year, uh, but throughout most of the year. That was Omar Khan in Guangzhou on this year's holiday travel in the city. The Tibetan New Year fell on the same day as the Spring Festival, and people are praying for good luck in the year ahead. Gua Tianqi traveled to a Tibetan autonomous prefecture in southwest China to find out about traditions. The mountains nearby the city of Kangding used to provide the major source of drinking water for locals. On the first day of Tibetan New Year, fetching the water is still part of local tradition. We have to wait in line at night. There aren't so many people in the morning. Whoever gets the first pail of water will have really good luck this year. First, we use this water to pay our respects to the Buddha. Then the whole family drinks it. I drove an hour to get the water. 
There are three Tibetan Buddhist temples in Kangding. Many people take the whole family to the temples to pray for a good year, a ritual also shared in Han areas. The three of us were all here to pray for good luck for the whole family. I hope this ritual continues into my son's generation. I came here to pray for the peace and the happiness of my family throughout the year. In the new year, I hope the children's study and work is successful and very smooth. Tibetan New Year has always been a festival combining entertainment and worship. The local government organized different performances for the public, such as Tibetan operas, line dances, and singing. Performance will continue for seven days, including artists and performing style from different ethnic groups. And in rural areas, there will also be horse racing and guodong dancing competitions to celebrate the traditional Spring Festival and Tibetan New Year together. That was Guo Tianqi reporting. Recapping today's headlines: More than 100 people are dead in Rafah after Israeli troops targeted the southern city in Gaza. Alexander Stubb will become the next Finnish president, and celebrations are underway during the Chinese New Year holiday. That's it for this edition of the Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more in news, politics, business, sport, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Shane Bigham. Thanks for listening.